journalists are a very important part of this. Somehow there's an assumption that they themselves are uh, not to be counted when we talk about state captions and corruption at all systemic forms. And I, I saw your reaction when you were listening uh, to President Kenyatta being sworn in. Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts around this particular issue. Well, I think you should, um, if you think about what happened in Kenya today, we actually had two events running in parallel. So we had the official inauguration at the Kasarani Stadium, but the opposition had also called a prayer rally um, out in Eastlands to pray. That's what they said that their mission was, was to pray for all of the victims of the police violence in the last four months in the country. And um, the police responded to that prayer rally with violence. They tear gassed, they beat so far. I think three people have been confirmed dead. Um, We're still waiting on the final numbers for that. For no other reason than they didn't want this prayer rally to happen. The first event, the inauguration, was covered on television. It was all over wall-to-wall coverage. The second event, um, even though it was a massive, massive protest, it was extremely violent, the only way that you knew about it is if you were on the right social media channels, if you were paying attention on Twitter, on Facebook, or if you you were in the right WhatsApp group. So the media in Kenya... Maybe, was it a decision? What, was it orders from up above? Like, I don't know what the decision was, but ultimately they decided to tell an incomplete story about what happened in Kenya today. They decided to represent one half, or m- maybe not even half, one part of the country's political um, experience and not the other half. But tell me, why is that? I mean, it was said earlier on that sometimes people view corruption as people who are being sanctimonious in their criticism. Mm-hmm. And I, I find sometimes, um, and I being a, a member of the fraternity, that the media are often absolved from being part of what is seen as regime change or being part of the elite, especially this uh, intellectual academic exclusion Mm. that occurs? Well, in Kenya, it's a little bit different. In Kenya, um, I think it's become very clear, especially in the last four months since we had this election, that the media is definitely captured by state interests. And we have, um, it's becoming more and more difficult to separate the media from official state communication channels. And and this is all media. And it's really interesting because most media in Kenya is private. Um, we have we do have a state broadcaster, but the vast majority of me- news media that people are consuming is being produced by private corporations. But it's become more and more clear that there are special interests that are shaping the content that people are able to get and that people are able to... Um, you know, see the country as a whole in 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 a very um, compromised way. Um, I think that we, the media, is an important part of the political process. Um, it's if you think about political discourse as um, like the, the public sphere, right? We all have to be able to communicate with each other to build ideas together to decide what kind of society you want to live in. Most of that is mediated through the media because I can't go, for example, in South Africa, I can't be in Pretoria in the morning and then go to Cape Town in the afternoon and then I'm up in Nobelfontein in the next minute. I can't do that as a citizen, as a private citizen. The only way in which you can sort of aggregate all of these widespread opinions and, and viewpoints into one one place and have this kind of um, idea of public discourse happen is in the media. And so when the media decides that it's only going to represent one part of the story and not the other part of the story, it really does a great disservice to the entire process of democracy. Does the media decide or do uh, the bottom line is uh, the people who own the institutions really decide? And and, and that's not to say that it's not incumbent upon them. I remember just asking a a colleague a a, a conversation was 
making some sort of criticism and the retort back was that the media regulates but does the media not sometimes overemphasize self-regulation in the sense that there is an assumption that it is adequate to hold them to the neutrality that they're bound to or at least their implied objectivity I mean are you asking if the media should self-regulate? I think if the choice is between self-regulation and state regulation, then self-regulation is generally a preferable approach. If for no other reason than when you rely on state regulation, you really open yourself up to a huge imbalance of power. I mean, he is this big entity that has a monopoly in the use of violence, that has a monopoly on, has almost, at, at least in theory, endless resources. State control of, of or, or state um, moderation of media production is usually a very dangerous thing that you don't really want to encourage. Um, self-regulation can work um, if the fraternity is interested in creating standards and abiding by them mm. and if there are consequences to the breach of standards. The challenge becomes when when the people who are supposed to create those standards and protect those standards decide that they would rather not do that, which is what we have we have happening in So that's, that's what I want to talk about. Finally, just um, looking into uh, the trajectory of uh, Kenya's democracy at the moment, given the fact that um, there have been it's been so divided and especially even talking truthfully about who really should be held accountable for the deaths that we've seen uh, post elections and whether or not uh, the elections are rigged or to what extent what role should the media now be playing in rebuilding Kenya and holding all of those elements uh, to account I think truth um, pursuit of truth, I think, is the really bare minimum. And what we've seen in the last four months is complete um, rejection of that. The media has not been pursuing the truth. I can give you a very simple example. Again, as I said today, this this decision to cover one part of the of the country and not the other part of the country. Ultimately, you can't have reconciliation if people aren't able to mourn, if there's not that process of catharsis, that people are saying Kenya is big enough that half of the people can be can be happy and the other half can can mourn why are the people who are mourning why are they being punished number one and why are they being denied this the platforms and the space to express that grief um, vocally and openly you're not going to have any kind of reconciliation if there isn't that space for a true representation of what's actually happening in the country thank you so much for speaking to us uh, Nanjala Nyabola is uh, an independent research analyst uh, from Nairobi Kenya